Hello, wild creatures. My name is Casey Kirkland Johnson, and this is the Raising Wild Creatures podcast, a show about parenting on the wild side. Join me as we tackle everyday issues such as connecting to nature, how to parent your children respectfully, fostering independent play, and keeping a connection to your true self as a parent. Through research and interviews with experts, we are going to dive deep into the current issues affecting nature-loving parents, all while helping your family connect to their wild side. Welcome to episode two. I am so excited to be back here with you. My name is Casey Kirkland Johnson, and I am the founder and owner of the forest school called Creatures in the Wild in upstate New York. I am also a lone wolf mother of three feral children. As always, my goal here is to help you connect your family to their wild side. In this episode, we will be discussing the concept of connecting to the wild as parents first both why and how we should do this before even approaching the subject with our children. At this point, it is very clear that connecting to nature is incredibly important for our children. There are forest schools popping up all over the world, countless books written on the topic, and articles out the wazoo constantly yelling, get your kids outside at us. As an owner of a forest school, I hear a lot of parents telling me that they have no idea what to do with themselves when they are outdoors. They do not like bugs, are afraid of germs, or don't like getting dirty. There seem to be countless reasons that spending a large amount of time out in the wild causes them intense anxiety or leaves them feeling lost and confused. Most people my age were not raised to be one with nature. You see, there was this shift during my generation to computers, cell phones, and video games. Academics and organized sports were heavily stressed. It was always confusing and stressful to live in a world like this for me. I craved wandering freely and being creative. And that was looked down upon by the elders in my life. Yet, I do not remember a single adult teaching me about the importance of being outdoors in nature. But let's be honest, we have to bring ourselves into alignment with the natural world before we help our kiddos do the same thing. As adults, it can be incredibly hard to allow ourselves the time to connect with nature enough to become comfortable. In order to connect to nature, we have to trust our bodies and our minds out in the wild. We were not taught this as children. These parents that are coming to me do not know where to start on this journey. They do not know how to move their bodies through the forest terrain or how to walk in a creek. All those beautiful primal movements that our body should be doing naturally are uncomfortable and stiff feeling to them. The problem is that they are disconnected to their bodies with all the walking on flat, unnatural surfaces constantly. This is not what our bodies are designed to do. Important parts of our body are not being used anymore. Our poor bodies need more. They need to move and shake and climb and run. My theory is this. Since so many of us were raised without nature connection as an important part of our life, we are now feeling those effects as adults. When we are out of alignment with ourselves and nature, when the wild is a foreign land that terrifies us, that is a huge red flag, that we have some deep work to do in our lives. 
How do we expect to connect our children to nature, guide them in finding out who they truly are, and then being comfortable being themselves? If we are totally disconnected from ourselves, both in the mind, body, and spirit. We are supposed to be our children's mentors. They follow everything that we do. There is even a whole method of teaching children about the nature around them called the coyote's way that is based on mentoring children, not teaching, not sitting down doing lessons, but mentoring. A quote from the Eight Shields website sums this up perfectly. Mentoring emphasizes adopting students as if they were kin, appreciating individuality, inspiring a need to know, and and improvising to let nature be the teacher. This is forest school. In order to guide our children on the path to connection, we must first travel that path ourselves. That is where we are going to start our journey to connecting our children to the wild, on our own path to connectivity, with getting ourselves in alignment with the natural world. For myself, the road to connecting to the wild was not a smooth, linear path. It was a rough, painful, old dirt road. One of those seasonal ones that has a million potholes. You have to stop to clear some branches out of the road, and at least once, there will be a deer jumping out and scaring the shit out of you. When Ivan, my oldest child, was one, his father and I went through an ugly breakup. We had a decade-long, very dramatic relationship that left me a shell of a human. On top of that, I have this insanely smart and perceptive one-year-old, who I would later find out has autism and sensory processing disorder. Now, looking back, that all made sense. But then, in the thick of things, it was a very loud, chaotic, painful time of my life. There was a ton of crying on both Ivan and my part. After half a year of living in my own apartment, my mom offered me the coolest opportunity. To manage her and her husband's maple farm. They lived up near Lake George in the Adirondack Mountains on a dirt road. It is beautiful and quiet, and it sounded perfect for me. For a long time, I had been yearning to move out of the city and live that country life I was daydreaming about. Post-divorce was extremely hard on me. I have never felt so lost and alone before. Not only was I without a partner, but figuring out this new post-baby body and mind was way harder than I had ever expected. Looking in the mirror was like looking at a stranger. Postpartum anxiety was ravaging my brain. This was before people openly talked about it on Instagram and Facebook, so I had no idea PPA was even a thing. It just felt like I was going crazy. Now, I found myself in my mom's finished basement with my sensitive little toddler who rarely slept. Do you want to be forced to face your past traumas and current issues? Go ahead and move into your mom's house after having not lived with her since you were 12 and having just experienced a failed relationship. Oh, and she lives in the middle of nowhere on a dirt road three hours from your hometown, so you'll be isolated from all of your friends and family on top of that. It's like being duct taped to a wall across from a full-length mirror that can see into your soul. My job as farm manager involves setting up the website, scouting out farmer's markets and festivals to sell at, social media, and the everyday running of sugar season. For those of you who don't know, 
for those of you who know nothing about how maple syrup is made, there are only about six weeks in a year that it can be made. Right when the world is starting to thaw from the winter, it starts. And the season ends as soon as it gets warm enough for the trees to grow leaf buds. That's it. That short amount of time to make a year's worth of maple syrup to sell. And this was no small farm. We are talking about thousands of maple trees littering the side of a mountain. Each tree had to be tapped, tubes had to be connected to the taps, and all of that had to run down to these huge barrels that then had to be emptied and taken out and taken to the sugar shack, where all of those thousands of gallons of sap would be slowly boiled down over a wood fire stove to the exact right sugar content to become the much-loved maple syrup. During the day, I put on a tool belt and climbed up and down a mountain, chasing links in the tubes, fixing and putzing about to make sure everything was running smoothly. This was an intense change of pace for me. Before this, I had been working in farm-to-table restaurants, cooking and baking, which is a super fast-paced environment, or at home with my babe, taking care of him and crafting my heart out. Now I was covered in dirt and tree bits, literally listening to trees all day. You could not listen to music or podcasts because the small hissing noise of the leaks would be missed. My body was moving in ways it hadn't since I was a kid. It was reawakening. When spring came, so did the baby chickens that Ivan and I raised in our own hands. To this day, they still chase my mother around when she goes to feed them, looking for love and head pats. As soon as the snow was gone from the yard, I took scrap wood and built a giant raised garden over the sand of the Adirondack yard. Ivan and I gathered plants and seeds and created a work of art. Beans climbed trellises made of branches from the forest floor. Tomatoes grew like crazy and were admired by all the local farmers as the only ones in the area that year that did not get blight. Our hands were always dirty, our feet always bare, Our skin turned a warm gold despite the huge amounts of sunscreen we slathered on. As time sped on, I got used to being in the quiet. Being out in the forest was reawakening my body. Growing food in my hands and sweat was growing my confidence in myself. At night, I waited tables at a local farm-to-table restaurant. During the day, my son and I explored the forest, ate all of the food, swam in the lakes, and worked farmer's markets where he made friends of all of the vendors. That summer, I wore my son on my back as we made our way through the woods in search of his beloved Lorax. What I did not realize at this time was I was in the middle of reconnecting to the wild. Nature called me back to the forest. She put me back in my body. She tore me apart mentally and made me face my fears and childhood traumas. This was the most extreme version of getting back to the wild. Not everyone can drop their life and move to the forest to work with the earth. And it did not automatically solve my problems. What it did do was show me the start of that connection and what it could do for me. It showed me that when I was connected with the earth and the ebb and flow of the seasons, my body, mind, and spirit were at optimal health. To be honest, it was not until I sat down to write this that I realized what an important part of my life that spring and summer were, how transformative, and how it would shape the rest of my life. While writing about connection to nature as 
as a parent, it took me a moment to stop and think about what spot I was in when I became a parent. It reminded me, which in turn made me have a huge breakthrough. Before, that time had felt like one of the worst seasons of my life. Even though I loved being in the forest and in the wild, honestly, it was so miserable because I found myself alone and confronted with some hard truths about myself and how I had been living my life. Did it cause me to fix it all immediately and break out of those destructive habits? Not at all. It took years for me to build my life to what it is now. It took me going back to my old way of life to realize what I was missing. Being alone, being in the forest, being among those old, wise, strong maple trees made me look at my life. It helped me realize how small yet connected I was as a tiny human in this world. It got me out of my head and into my body. It saved my life. Now, how do we do this for you, my friends? Without sending you off to live in the forest by yourself. How do we connect ourselves to the wild? The way I see it, there are three key parts of our lives that have to be reconnected. The mind, body, and spirit. I'm going to go through them one by one and give a quick overview. Then, in later podcasts, we will be tackling each topic on its own. For our mind, we need to learn how to love ourselves first and foremost. We are going to have to slow down, sit with some trees, and let our true thoughts and feelings come to us. Learning to listen to your intuition is something that will come with time over this journey. But that starts with trusting yourself and having the confidence to believe in what our bodies and minds are telling us. Trusting your gut. I am so excited to take a whole episode and learn about what intuition even is. Also, since solid mental health is one of our goals here, next episode, I'm going to sit down with a professional and discuss how to get started on this self-love journey. As a bonus, this week, I will be posting my favorite way to meditate, which is an amazing way to get yourself to slow down and let your mind come to a rest. I'm even going to show you how to tap into that delicious earth energy through this grounding meditation. Make sure to check out the podcast feed for that, and I'm also going to post a video of it on YouTube. Now onto our body and how we are going to reconnect with this important part of our lives. A big part of this is going to be about movement. Dynamic, intense, primal movement is going to put ourselves back into our own bodies. I'm talking about spinal twists, binds, bends, vinyasa flows, squatting and climbing, Movements that your body is not used to making during everyday life. Doing all of these outdoors is even more important. We are going to explore the benefits of it all in upcoming podcasts. For now, let's just remember how imperative varied movement is to us as a whole. The food that we eat is incredibly important as well. What we put in our body supplies our energy, it is stored in our fat, and it becomes the building blocks for our human body. If the food we consume is filled with chemicals, preservatives, and sugar, that is going to have a huge impact on our health. As a society, we are slowly shifting in the right direction when it comes to what we consume. Whole unprocessed foods are the key. Eating seasonally, if possible, is even better to align us with what is going on in the natural cycle of seasons around us. There is a whole theory that we will be talking about that says what is available right around you is what you need. Nature is handing 
you what your body requires is the basic principle. On top of the food we put into our bodies, we need to make sure that we are properly hydrated. This is one goal that I fail at almost every single day. Drinking enough water is hard. (laughs) Our electrical systems do not function correctly when we are dehydrated. And unfortunately, our bodies suffer when lacking water. Preaching to the choir here. (laughs) Our bodies also need the correct amount of sleep and play. I cannot wait to dive into all of these topics. Every one of them is super interesting and vital to living a connected life. Then there is the nature immersion and it's important sensory input. All these amazing benefits of going outside, walking over uneven ground, touching dirt and trees, taking the time to slow down and use all of your senses is so important. Our senses are made to be used. Those nerves and connections have to fire regularly for optimal health. Getting our bodies connected with nature and realigned is going to be a huge step in this journey. Now, reconnecting to your spirit your soul, your intuition, the goddess, Mother Earth, Allah, whatever you call it in your life, this process is going to be different for every single human. For me, realigning and connecting with spirit means making sure I am listening to the universe and to my inner self. Because my belief is that there is an energy that that exists in us in every single thing and flows through us all. For others, they could be going to church, meditating every morning, or reading self-help books. This is going to be a super interesting subject to talk about because every single human thinks of the word spirit in a different way. We have endless opportunities to expand our minds and learn from each other within this subject. The importance of connecting to nature as a parent is not often talked about. Mostly people are concentrating on talking about connecting the children to nature. And that is a crying shame to be ignoring all the adults. The children, of course, are so important, but because they learn best through watching what we do, it's so important that we're going through this journey with them as well, even before them. I have been on this journey for almost a decade now, and I cannot wait to help you on your journey. If you are interested in the guided grounding meditation, please check out our bonus episode. It should be in your feed at the same time as this episode. I'm also going to be putting a video version up on YouTube and our Instagram in case you're more of a visual human, which I know I am, and it'll be funny, honestly, to watch me. (laughs) Next episode, we will be talking to Amanda Burton about our relationships with ourselves and how that affects our everyday life. She is an amazing resource on self-love and has so many nuggets of wisdom to send our way. If you would like to work with me or take one of my workshops, please check out our website at RaisingWildCreatures.com. My online-based interactive workshop called Forest School Basics starts February 10th. Well, wild creatures, thank you for joining me on this adventure today. If you like today's podcast, please remember to subscribe via your favorite podcast app. You can find us on social media at Raising Wild Creatures. Also, it would mean the world to us if you left a review on iTunes. Even if that's not how you listen to our show, it helps us get noticed by more people and grow. The more we grow, the more we can accomplish and the more people we can get outside. If you would like to share your story about how connecting to nature has changed you or your family, head over to our website, RaisingWildCreatures.com, to fill out the form and we will reach out to you as soon as we can. All right, friends. I'll see you outside.